Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Over at Capital One Arena, the Washington Wizards, uh, they went into the All-Star break on a bang with a big comeback win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline is Chase Hughes, who covers those Washington Wizards uh, for NBC Sports Washington. Chase, uh, first of all, let me get your thoughts on All-Star Saturday night, and then we'll hop into the Wiz. What's up, Linnell? Nothing much, my man. Sorry, I didn't hear you there for a second. But uh, I just want to say I'm amazed they got you uh, They got you calling the, the guests and hosting. Usually you got a <laughs> well, producer no, no, making had, the call. A, you you yeah. do it all, man. We had, a tricky, we had a tricky situation there, so I, I was struggling to get my producer your number. So that, that was on me, actually. But, no, I, okay. I opened up the show talking about uh, All-Star Saturday night and somebody who grew up watching Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant take place uh, in, in some of these skills challenges, and we saw the dunk contest from years past with Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson. What the hell was last night about? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get with it, man. It felt like in the skills challenges, man, the guys were out there trying to be too cool. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't honestly watching the skills competition that closely. I've Why been to you? a few of them. <laughs> I know I, I've been to a few of them. I don't know if that event is ever really going to take off. Like, the three-point contest is okay, but it's kind of the same thing every year. The dunk contest is the only part of All-Star Saturday Night that really has a chance to be iconic. And I think last night's was pretty great, man. Like, obviously, even the broadcasters uh, – you know, Kenny Smith and all of them and Draymond Green were a little conflicted about Mac McClung being part of it uh, as a guy on a two-way contract, but yeah. he put on a show, and I thought it was one of the better dunk contests in recent years, and I always kind of defend the dunk contest. I know it, it takes a lot of flack these days because we all remember the legendary dunk, dunk contest of years past, but mm-hmm. I'm all, I, I always like it. I mean, sometimes it's underwhelming, but it's just a fun event. I love the suspense before the dunks, and this time uh, they actually delivered with the actual dunks. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Uh, anybody who was questioning the ability of Mac McClung clearly uh, is not a, yeah. doesn't have a social media because in high school, man, this is literally his claim to fame, man, was dunking on people. He was a house of hoops phenom uh, coming up uh, through high school in the AAU circuit. We even saw him uh, throw a couple flushes down at Georgetown while he was here for that brief season. So I wasn't shocked by Mac McClung. I do think, though, Chase, and I think this is what some of the announcers were alluding to by, you know, being kind of critical of a two-way player being in this dunk contest. We just need more star power, man. This is what All-Star Weekend's about. It's about, you know, putting your stars on the brightest stage, and it just seems like the NBA and the players keep missing the boat on this thing. Yeah, I guess that trend, maybe you could, you know, point to LeBron as someone who uh, played a big part in that because he's never done a dunk contest. But 
you know, when you mention it, it, it does make a lot of sense because it's become sort of an up-and-comer type competition. So, you know, having Mac McClung, who I think has only played in two NBA games, is on a, in a, is on a two-way contract, is basically a G-leaguer. Um, it was a little out of place, but usually it's young guys who are trying to make a name for themselves. But if you really wanted to have the best possible dunk contest, you know, at least you can get some of the best young players in the right. league, the most exciting young players like – Obviously, Zion would be great to see in the dunk contest, although, um, unfortunately, he's, he happens to be injured now and has, uh, has dealt with a lot of injuries. John Moran would be great to see in there. and I think Anthony Edwards would be another player I'd yeah. love to see in there. Um, so it tends to be these, these young guys. I mean, there's only four spots, and it ha- it's kind of a quick competition. It's over before you know it. Right. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, th- that's true. I think that's one way I think you could make it better is just somehow convince those guys uh, to all do it because in the past we saw the Jordans and the Kobe's and Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady guys who were legitimate stars, not just for their dunking, actually participate in the dunk contest. Yeah, I mean, if the NBA has got any wits about it, man, we'll, we'll get this thing more star-studded moving forward, not just the dunk contest, but the skills challenge as well, man. That's really, to me, what set the bad tone for me. I thought the three-point contest <laughs> made up with it. Um, the Wizards, though, man, the team that you cover on a regular basis, uh, Really good win heading into the All-Star break. They had a comeback win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Bradley Beal continuing to show his stuff, another 30-plus point performance. I know Tommy Shepard and company keep alluding to the health of this group as to what's going to really help them take that next step. Chase, I know it's only been two games going into the All-Star break, a little quick mini two-game winning streak, but I'm once again drinking the Kool-Aid, man. If they're going to look like this on offense and defend and give that effort on that end of the floor – Maybe they can be a playoff team. I mean, they got a lot of momentum behind them as they go into the All-Star break. It's not just recently as they've gotten fully healthy, and right now they don't have any injuries, so knock on wood if you're out there listening. Um, but it's not just the last couple of games. You go back 27 games, which is the closest you can get to uh, what is equal to a third of an 82-game regular season, and they're 17-10, and 10, and that's a 52-win pace over the course of a full year. Uh, they've won 10 of 14 going into the All-Star break, and if you look at that 27-game snapshot, which is, again, a third of a season, they're sixth in net rating, which uh, you know, is really, really impressive. And they're top 10 in offense. They're, I think, 11th in defense. And if you... Look at some of the areas that they've had trouble in, like, for instance, three-point shooting. They've improved tremendously over the course of this season. Um, you can go back a month, they're top 10 in three-pointers made, and you can go back three months all the way to November, and they're top 10 in three-point percentage. And I think that's been a big thing that's held them back uh, and has made them so streaky. And they have been very streaky, and a lot of it has coincided with injuries. So I still feel like health is going to be a huge determinant of what they end up being this season but right now they're healthy and they're looking good and it's um, especially these last few games what stood out to me is it's exactly what they designed this team to be in the offseason which is like you have the depth you don't ask Bradley Beal to do too much and then late in the close game you hope that he'll make the difference and uh, especially against the Timberwolves he did that with 17 points in the fourth yeah I want to go into a little bit more detail about Bradley Beal because I've been as critical as Brad of Brad as anybody in this area but when you look at his stretch of play going into the All-Star break, throughout of his past four games, he scored 30-plus points. I mean, this is the Bradley Beal that we're accustomed to. This is the version of Bradley Beal that got him paid $250 million. Can we expect him to keep up this high-scoring clip as the second half of the season uh, goes on? 
he's really peaked lately. Um, you know, he's had a good year overall when he's been healthy. Staying healthy has been the problem for him. Right. But he's shooting a career-high field goal percentage, his best three-point percentage in five years. They've changed his role a little bit where he's getting more catch-and-shoots and he's not – you know, running a lot of the offense off the dribble. They run a lot of stuff through Kristaps Porzingis and just having Porzingis and Kuzma out there and even Monte Morris who can stretch the floor with his three-point shot. All of it has given Beal a lot more space to operate in. But um, as good as his numbers have been, it hasn't really translated into wins for the most part this season. But lately it has. Over their last 17 games with him, they're 13-4. and So Hmm. that goes back to what I was saying where – you know, it's exactly what they were hoping this team would be. When they designed this roster, that's what they had in mind, and it just hadn't happened till recently where it everything essentially went according to plan. Bradley Beal looks really good right now. I mean, that 17-point fourth quarter was a, a huge moment for him, Vintage I think. Bradley it was his, Beal. Yeah, it was his biggest fourth quarter uh, since uh, for it was two years ago, his All-NBA season, uh, when he was playing alongside Russell Westbrook. So it's been a little while. So, so far, so good. If he's healthy, he's playing well this year. And they just kind of need everyone to be healthy for everything to work correctly. Um, But right now it has been. And um, I I think Bradley Beal's been a big reason for that. Chase, if this team is going to reach its potential in the second half of the season, uh, obviously health is a big thing for this group. But the consistent play of these young guys, I'm talking about Daniel Gafford, Corey Kispert, uh, and Denny Avdia, specifically talking about uh, Kispert and Denny, their production off the bench is going to be paramount uh, in the second half of the season. And the couple of games leading into the All-Star break, we started to see them turn a corner, so to speak, specifically uh, Corey Kispert in that game against Minnesota, man, coming off the bench and just letting it fly. Yeah, well, first on Gafford, I, I think I worry less about him being consistent because he's found such a great spot for himself in that starting lineup. I always yeah. thought, like, okay, maybe he's ideal as a backup center, but when you put him in that starting lineup and he's got four guys who can find him easy shots and he's got another rim protector, so he just doesn't have to do as much as he does in the second unit, it really works for him. And he's been able to shoot a very high percentage this year. Um, Kispert and Denny, uh, it's about consistency, of course, and I think uh, more than anything, being aggressive. Because when the team is fully healthy, you've got a lot of shots that got to go around to guys like Porzingis and uh, Kuzma and Bradley Beal, and Kendrick Nunn is a pretty aggressive guy looking for his own shot in that second unit. So they can't play timidly. they got to force the issue sometimes. And I think Denny, uh, it's fluctuated a little bit lately, but for the most part, um, he's been very aggressive. And Corey Kispert, after a few games of not being very aggressive, where he he scored a combined uh, nine points, he really broke out against the Timberwolves and had, I think it was 12 points in the first half. And I thought he was a big reason why they were able to mount that comeback because – no one really had their shot going until he got going early in the second quarter, and that really lit a spark for the Wizards. So I think it's about them, and it's tough for a young player, just not deferring too much and looking for their own shot for both of those guys. Um, for a lot of young players, that's always a work in pro- progress. Chase, I'll let you go on this, my man. Uh, one positive that I see uh, for this team heading coming out of the All-Star break, and really it's been a positive for them all season long, the guys seem to like each other, man. And that 10-game that losing streak that they had to deal with earlier in the season, it was a key opportunity for this locker room to divide. But, you know, they got stronger, and you continually, you know, see guys rooting for their teammates' success. I'm definitely a huge proponent of that. How much do you think the success, the, the chemistry of this team will uh, end up, you know, aiding to their success in the second half of the year? 
I think it's been good. You know, last year, obviously, we saw things bubble over, and they went through very similar adversity this time around. In fact, it was worse. They hadn't been on a 10-game losing streak in 10 years, um, but they never came apart at the seams. And I think it's, you know, it's a situation where most years, if you ask players, they'll say, yeah, we get along, we get along. But I think it's actually the case this year, and I think it's a big reason why they were able to bounce back from that 10-game losing streak. Um, also, they pointed to health being a big reason why they were losing, and they felt like once they got healthy, they'd be better, and that has certainly been the case. Um, but they've, I think, achieved a, a pretty nice balance in terms of sharing the ball, and I think that probably is a byproduct of that. And I think Wes Unsell Jr., you know, obviously he's taken some criticism this year from fans at their lowest moments, but I think he does deserve a lot of credit for that, specifically when it comes to Bradley Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma, they're all averaging about the same amount of field goal attempts, and I think that sets a great tone for the rest of the roster because no one's really trying to play hero ball right. or jack up a bunch of shots. I think it's an equal share offense, and you see that in the starting lineup, and I think it permeates throughout the rest of the roster. I completely agree with you, Chase, man. And a quick nod to Wes Unsell Jr., man, who has gotten ripped the new one here locally, you know, when the team <laughs> went on that 10-game losing streak. What you said, man, the fact that the guys on this team have very clear, defined roles, it speaks a lot. Uh, to, to the mental fortitude of the head coach and being able to say, hey, look, if we're going to win, we got to do it this way. So uh, definitely big ups to West Sunsell Jr. I appreciate you giving me some time, Chase. Absolutely, man. Let's do it again sometime. That is Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington Wizards reporter. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS for the latest uh, on the D.C. family. We'll take a time out. When we come back, uh, we'll go big picture and look at the National Football League. A key story uh, coming up this offseason that we'll be paying close attention to is the Chicago Bears at the top of the 2023 draft. They hold the number one overall pick, but they just traded for quarterback Justin Fields two years ago. What are they going to do at number one? There's a former NFL GM who says, despite having Justin Fields on the roster, quarterback still is the way to go. I'll tell you more next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks to Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider for giving us the latest on the D.C. family. Uh, as they get ready to come out of the All-Star break, they'll play on Friday night, I believe. Uh, they'll take on the New York Knicks. Right now, though, we'll switch gears a little bit as we get ready to wrap up the show. The NFL draft coming up in April, and the team with the top pick in this year's draft is the Chicago Bears. Now, obviously, this quarterback class, very intriguing. Bryce Young, uh, of Alabama is really the cream of the crop when it comes to this class. But a lot of folks, you know, feel like maybe the Chicago Bears would be best served trading out of that number one pick uh, to collect, you know, an assortion of assets to, you know, help expedite the process in this rebuild. Uh, not according to one folk in NFL league circles, former GM Mike Tannenbaum had some interesting things to say about what the Bears should do at the top of the draft. In the last two years, Justin Fields has 140 sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. He's only played in 27 games and leads the NFL in those categories. That's not to say that he can't get better, because I believe he will, but his proclivities of turning the ball over 
is a concern. I've scouted Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young's ceiling is way higher than Justin Fields. My only concern is if someone like Chris Canny tackles Bryce Young, that's a concern. But beyond that, I think he has a chance to be a great <laughs> player. I think Justin Fields has a chance to be a good player. Those negative plays, though, do concern me. And I think I can get a first-round pick for Justin Fields. So I'm going to take Bryce Young. I'm going to reset the quarterback clock. We just talked about that. That rookie quarterback clock is hugely consequential. When we're talking about $50 million or more, and now we can push that out four more years, and now we can recap cap space and a draft choice, I think for the totality of the situation, the Bears are better off with Young and trading fields. It's wow. It's Mike Tannenbaum uh, on ESPN's morning program, Get Up. Man, it's crazy because Mike Tannenbaum, this is the first time he said this this offseason. I believe he said it uh, about a month and a half ago before the playoffs started that, hey, look, if I was in control of the Chicago Bears and Bryce Young is the quarterback at the top of the draft, I got to see what's good with him. And look, it's a very interesting situation and decision that Chicago is eventually going to have to make because we all know it. Justin Fields last year really proved himself uh, to be worthy of a guy that you, you know, develop your your offense around and have the potential of him being your signal caller moving forward. That being said, though, the regime that's in Chicago now, talking about new GM Ryan Poles, he did not draft Justin Fields. So I know there isn't this extreme sense of loyalty uh, from the front office to Fields. And some would say, if you put Bryce Young head-to-head uh, with Justin Fields as a prospect, some would say that Bryce Young has more upside. Um, clearly, though, there were some growing pains early on with Justin Fields. But in 2023, man, we really saw you know, just how dynamic of a player he can be if they tailored the offense to his strengths, right? And that's the thing in year one that they did not do uh, under Matt Nagy was tailor the offense to Justin Fields' strengths, man. This isn't a guy who should be running – 15 to 17 drop back passes per game, man. Use his athleticism uh, to his advantage, man. It'll help you be dynamic as an offense in the process. So last year, he became the third quarterback in NFL history to rush for 1,000 yards in a season. Uh, He set the single-game rushing record for a quarterback against Miami with 178 yards. His throwing numbers over the first two seasons, you know, just don't really suggest that he's going to develop into a good passer, though. 24 touchdowns. 21 interceptions, completing under 60% of his passes. But he did have some wild performances this year uh, with his arm on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. 13 of 21, a buck 79, a touchdown and an interception. Against Dallas on the road, against that premier defense. 17 of 23, 152 yards and two touchdowns. In that same performance against Miami where he rushes for 178 yards, he also goes and throws for 123 yards and three touchdowns. So clearly there is a lot of meat on the bone with Justin Fields, and there's clearly reason as to why the Bears should trade that number one pick. On the flip side, though, this Bryce Young kid, man, super intriguing prospect, right? I know the size is a big deterrent for a lot of folks. He's listed at six foot, 195 pounds, and I'm just not willing to buy that he's that big or that tall. Um, if he can stay healthy, though, he's got the goods, man. He's got arm strength. He's got the accuracy, his pocket awareness, second to none. I heard a draft analyst over the weekend compare him to Patrick Mahomes, saying that he's a smaller stature Patrick Mahomes. Now, that's crazy because there's nobody in the world uh, like my homie Pat. But Bryce Young and his passing numbers, man, super intriguing. 32 touchdowns, five interceptions last year. 
uh, as Alabama's starting quarterback. And then the year before, 47 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And he had five games of four or more touchdowns thrown. So clearly Bryce Young is the guy coming out of this draft when it comes to the quarterback position. But if you're Chicago, man, does it make sense to start from ground zero at that position? Clearly, you've already identified Justin Fields as a guy who has the upside to be your starting quarterback moving forward. Some folks would say the jury's still out. To me, though, man, if you're Ryan Poles and the GM of the of the Chicago Bears, don't be like the Baltimore Ravens, right? What do I mean by that? For the past couple of seasons, man, Lamar Jackson clearly displayed he's the guy moving forward, special athlete, he's won an MVP. But the thing is, man, with these quarterbacks, you got to do everything in your power to ensure their success, despite how good they are individually. And this is what's got to happen in Chicago. The receiver position's got to be upgraded. That's the, the number one issue I have right now with the Chicago Bears is they don't have the weapons for Justin Fields. And if you draft Bryce Young, you still don't have the weapons. So I'm of the mindset, man, you trade that number one overall pick for a Q, to a QB needy team, and then you go back and you address your skill position group in the draft and in free agency. There's a guy out in Arizona by the name of DeAndre Hopkins who is available via trade, and I'm thinking if I'm GM Ryan Poles, man, I got to give. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals a call, man. The wide receiver class in free agency, I feel like, is an area where where uh, the Chicago Bears could improve as well. So, all in all, man, very clear what the Chicago Bears need to do, man. Forget going out and drafting Bryce Young. Insulate the rest of your roster around Justin Fields and give him another season to see whether or not he can be the guy. And then, look, guess what? If you stink again next year and it turns out that Justin Fields isn't him, Look at the quarterback class coming out next year. A headline by USC kid, uh, Caleb Williams. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll put a bow on this afternoon's show. If you got a call, hit me up. 1-800-636-1067. You can tweet at me as well. At N-E-L-L underscore BTP. One final segment before we dish the rock to the Hoyas basketball. Next, here on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Big news of the weekend, though. The Washington Commanders will have a new offensive coordinator in 2023. They were able to come to terms with former Chiefs OC Eric Bieniemy. He'll become the team's next offensive coordinator, and he'll be listed as the team's assistant head coach as well. So a bump up in title for Eric Bieniemy and a big opportunity here as he tries to take this Washington offense 
uh, to the next level. Andy's in Sterling wants to tap in. What's going on, Andy? What you think about the hire? Good afternoon, man. Hey, man, I wish you had your own show. Enjoy uh, your knowledge of uh, football, basketball, the whole the whole gamut. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, having said, all right, man. Having said that, if you were the Commanders and given the opportunity, would you give up your number one for Fields? I know there's been talk about them possibly uh, drafting you that Andy. Up, Andy. I've heard some talk about them possibly drafting Anthony uh, Richardson from Florida, mm-hmm. which I think would be a mistake. I think he'd be the second coming of Malik Willis. I think he's too scattershot. But Fields, I would like. What do you think, Buzz? Yeah, I, I would definitely be in on Justin Fields just because, you know, the the talent is tantalizing, man. He is exactly what today's modern NFL quarterback is, man. He has the ability to beat you. Uh, from within the pocket, and then he can get outside the pocket and make plays off schedule and beat you with his legs. I, I don't know how fond Washington was of Justin Fields during the pre-draft process when he came out, because that definitely uh, would have been the time to take a rookie quarterback instead of going into the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick as the guy. But I don't know, man. I, I definitely think that would be an intriguing name to watch, and if he becomes available, look, first of all, Andy, and the folks out there listening, I am the leader of the Howl Hive, so to speak, right? I am the number one Howlinian. But if Justin Fields becomes available, if Lamar Jackson becomes available, I got to pull the trigger. I got to agree with you, man. I got to agree with you. Hey, Andy, I appreciate you tapping in with me, man. Look, I, that's that's really, really, really intriguing. And I know, well, I don't know how you all feel about Sam Howell because it seems like there's mixed reviews. A lot of folks are skeptical about his ability because it was a fifth-round pick, but the numbers say otherwise. The tape says otherwise. Justin Fields, though, man, is just its just different. I honestly think it's comical that, you know, Chicago is potentially having conversations about moving on from Fields. I think it's laughable. He showed a lot last year to where it would make no damn sense to move on from him. He is a special athlete at the quarterback position, and it's not just about what he could do with his legs. The arm talent is one of one as well. So I'm all in on Justin Fields, but I understand it from Chicago's perspective because the regime that's there right now that was hired last offseason, led by general manager Ryan Poles, they didn't draft Justin Fields. So I get that. There's no loyalty to Fields moving forward. But, man, I'd have to be really blown away by one of the prospects in this draft to give up on Justin Fields. And then the question becomes, how much can they get in return for Justin Fields? I think that's interesting as well. The last caller mentioned the first-round pick. If I'm Washington and it take, all it takes is a first-round pick for me to get Justin Fields, mm, I don't know. I would definitely be intrigued by it. Um, but at this point in his career, I don't know. I guess coming off the season he had last year, maybe you can net a first-round pick for him. But for Washington and where this roster is right now, I don't think we can afford to be spending a first-round pick on the quarterback position, which is why I'm out on drafting a signal caller in the first round. I know Anthony Richardson out of Florida, a lot of people are enamored by. Uh, The kid Will Levis from Kentucky, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Uh, There's a couple of guys uh, who are going to have first-round grades on them in this upcoming quarterback class, but Washington, with all the other holes they have on this roster, man, I think even if I can trade back, I'm doing it if you're Washington, man. They need picks. They need picks. You got to improve the depth on your offensive line. You got to improve the depth in the secondary. You need some depth at linebacker. I think you got to do whatever you can to get picks, and trading back uh, is a surefire way to do that. And they did a damn good job trading back last year, man. The fact that this team and Ron Rivera and company were able to trade back 
uh, in order to get Jahan Dotson last year, I, I think ends up being a home run. And hopefully, you know, this coming April when the draft comes around, man, Ron Rivera and company continue to wheel and deal, man. Because with Eric Bieniemy being hired as the offensive coordinator, man, if they're able to keep some of their own talent in-house on the defensive side of the football, man, this is going to be a very, very exciting team uh, heading into 2023. This is Kevin in Arlington. This is Kevin in Arlington. Hey, buddy. What's going on, um, man? We got 30 seconds hey. left. I picked it up because I saw your number. I didn't pick you up earlier. I appreciate you tapping in with me, though, man. Just real fast, now. I think the key, Eric has the number one offensive voice in the front office now. And there's an opportunity, as you've been saying, to insulate Al with talent. They need to fix the OL. And that's, I think and that, need- and that's what's got to happen. I appreciate the call, Kevin. We're up against it. Our Rich Fotkin and the Georgetown Hoy is coming up next. They're out in Butler. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 